Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Get it checked, boy. You want the sideline? You ain't made the headlines. Now it's time to reject, boy. You bitting on me? What's the topic of discussion? What you talking about? Take your best shot. I'ma take the last shot. I'm Jordan in the clutch, boy. You bitting on me? It's time to get it checked, boy. You want the sideline? You ain't made the headlines. Now it's time to reject, boy. You bitting on me? What's the topic of discussion? What you talking about? All righty, guys, it is time for a new episode of the Auto Bid. That was my guy, Pull Up Tay, on the intro. Make sure you guys tune in into his music, his new project, Why Stop Now, is out on all platforms. So if you have not already, make sure you go and stream my guy's, my guy's music, man. He's one of the hottest young rappers out of the DMV, man. So make sure you guys tap in before it gets too late and he blows up. Uh, on the music scene, man. Before we get into this episode, man, I want to remind you guys to make sure you guys are giving us a like, giving us a, a subscription on Apple Music, I mean, excuse me, Apple Podcasts, um, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you're finding our podcast, just go ahead and, and give us a like, give us a five-star rating, subscribe, um, please. Uh, it, it goes a long way as we try to, you know, uh, grow this podcast and get it out to the right people. We've got a super jam-packed episode for you today, man. Obviously, uh, the NCAA tournament concluded on Monday night with a classic. Uh, Kansas won their fourth national title in program history. Um, just their first since 2008. They, they defeated University of North Carolina on, in a classic on Monday night. We're going to dive into that game, dive into the NCAA tournament, man, give you guys a one little, one last little recap, our, our, our thoughts on the tournament, man. Then we're going to dive into um, our all-facts media mid-major rankings uh, as well, uh, our last mid-major rankings of the of the season. Um, and then, of course, we're going to dive into the coaching carousel. Man, there's been a lot of movement uh, across the college basketball landscape. Um, SEC, Big East, um, Atlantic 10, um, Big 10. We're going to dive into the biggest openings here in the DMV area where, where me and Drew are from, uh, Maryland and GW. Both of those programs turned over this offseason. So a lot to get to, man. But, Drew, how you doing, my guy? Doing all right, man. You know what I'm saying? It's April. Weather's starting to get a little nicer out here in Portugal, man. So, uh, you know. I have no complaints. Yeah, man. Look, we're starting to get a little nice over here, man. You know what I'm saying? It's getting ready to be hot boy summer uh, over here in DMV, man. You see the uh, cherry blossoms are starting to bloom. You know what I'm saying? Got, got a little a little bit of a glimpse of nice weather. So definitely looking forward to that, man. But uh, as I said before, man, got a lot to get to today. Uh, we're going to start off with our All Facts Media mid-major rankings, man. Drew and I were giving you uh, rankings every week, all season long. And obviously, we haven't had them in a few weeks because obviously with the the uh, NCAA tournament and the conference tournaments. We wanted to wait and see how all that shook out. Um, but nonetheless, we have our final poll of the 2021-2022 season. So I'll go ahead and read those out to you. Of course, to no surprise, um, St. Peter's is the number one team in our poll to close the year. I mean, there's really only one right answer here uh, as, far as, the, as far as our poll, man, but the run that St. Peter's made, the historic run that they made all the way to the Elite Eight, um, beating Murray State, who was our second-ranked team in the tournament. And those two um, were, 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 you know, great all year. Obviously, Murray State was number one team in our pool for much of the season, but um, ended up running into the bus saw that was St. Peter's uh, in the round of 32. And so 
St. Peter's overtook them for the number one spot. Then Richmond, all the way up to third of NR rankings after they were able to win the A-10 tournament. I mean, they get a win over Iowa um, in the first round of that NCAA tournament. Um, the, the Spiders, man, were, 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 were a surprise team uh, come March, man. They were able to, to turn some heads, man. Obviously, um, those seniors, Grant Golden, um, Jacob Gilliard, Nathan Ko, and, and uh, Nick Sherrod, um, were able to go out on, on a good note, man. So they are number three in our poll. And number four, New Mexico State Aggies, man. They were able to get a win over UConn um, in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Um, Teddy Buckets, as, as, he's, as he's being called, had an outstanding game. Um, and he turned a lot of heads. Obviously, he's, he's a guy who's no training to that level of basketball coming from Nebraska um, last season, man. He's somebody who surely um, is, is no trainer to, to that level of play. So um, those were the four mid-majors that were able to get wins um, in the NCAA tournament, or, or at least in the first round of the tournament. There were some teams that got wins in the, in the play-in on the back half of our rankings. But five, uh, Boise State, the Mountain West, regular season and tournament champion. Six, uh, we got St. Mary's, seven. Davidson, the A-10 regular season champions. Uh, eight, we got San Diego State. Nine, South Dakota State, the Summer League champions who almost upset Providence, but uh, obviously Ed Cooley and those Friars were able to use their luck uh, to get past South Dakota State um, in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Number 10, Colorado State had a great year out of the Mountain West. Obviously, we have four um, Mountain West teams in our poll um, to, to end the year, which was the most um, of any conference. Number 11, uh, we got San Francisco. Um, that was a great first round game between them and Murray State, man. I, I, I caught a little bit of that game. I know Drew watched a lot of that one, man. And um, two of the best mid-major teams in the country. The Shanley had to play in the first round of the tournament, man. But it, it ended up being a great game uh, to watch for all the viewers. Number 12, UAB, the conference tournament champions out of Conference USA, man. They, they were able to overtake. Champions. Excuse me. Oh, come to me. You like, you like, yeah. I'm no, Texas no, Texas won, the, won the regular season, and then UAB was able to win the conference tournament, man, keeping North Texas out of the dance, man, because they were, they were high in our rankings all year, man. Me and you took some slack for not having them in our top 25 for my guy, Alante Holston, man. Shout out to him, man, DMV guy. Uh, he played play at North Texas, man, but they folded, man. They folded under pressure, man. When, when it mattered most, they ain't get it done, man. UAB was able to, was able to win the conference USA. Um, and so they earned the 12th ranking in our final mid-major poll. Number 13, Loyola Chicago, man. They went out sad, man, versus uh, Illinois, man. They they really did, man. I hate to say it because, you know, they were a team that had a lot of problems coming to this year, man. But what did it score? I think it was 41 points. Uh, yeah, in, 41, something like that. In that first-round game, I mean, it, it was absolutely atrocious, the performance that they put on against Illinois, man. So that, that left a little bit of a sour taste in our mouth. So they, they get the 13th spot uh, in our final poll. 14 is Chattanooga. The SoCon champions who um, played a great game with Illinois but weren't able to get the, get the W. Obviously, they had that Cinderella uh, shot, David Jean Baptiste, uh, to defeat Furman in the SoCon championship. They come in at number uh, 14, I reckon. Number 15 is Wyoming, man, the fourth and final team uh, from the Mountain West in our poll. Uh, they had a great season this year. Obviously, they lost to Indiana in a thriller um, in the, in the uh, playing around in the NCAA tournament, man. But nonetheless, great season for Wyoming. Um, definitely became a big fan of those guys this year. 16, Vermont out of the American East, man. They were absolutely, you know, on fire whole year. Steamrolled their way through the American East. Um, couldn't couldn't get past Arkansas in the tournament. Um, 17, we have the CAA champion, Delaware Blue Hands. And uh, they actually, uh, this morning, uh, I saw Andrew Carr enter the transfer portal uh, for Delaware, man, which was a shocker for me because, you know, he was somebody that would have had a huge role next year. Obviously, they're losing Dylan Painter to graduation. Um, and it was going to really be him and Jair Davis, you know, the, the, those two are going to be, you know, the, the, the four or five punch 
for Delaware, man. So I already know what, what went on there, and then he got some people in his ear. But that's going to be a big loss for Delaware, losing him and Dylan Painter out the next season. So um, definitely wanted to point that out. Number 18, Akron. We, 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 we had a bunch of uh, teams from the, the other MAC, the MAC in our poll, man, from Ohio to Toledo to Kent State. And it ends up being the Akron Zips who come out on top of that conference uh, and make NCAA tournaments. So kudos to them. They're number 18 in our last mid-major poll. Number 19 is going to be Georgia State, man. They also um, made a little bit of a run late in the year, got healthy. And they were a team that got underseeded, man. They ended up getting the 16 seed after winning the Sun Belt Championship. But they gave Gonzaga a run for their money, man, in, in that round of 64, man. So definitely kudos to them uh, for the job that they did um, this season. Um, and their coach um, ended up taking the job at SMU. Uh, I don't know why I'm blanking on his name right now. It's going to come to me at, at one It's going to come to me. Um, I'm ah, putting on it right now, too. Lanier, Rob Lanier. Uh, I'm blanking on I'm blanking on his name, man. But he he took SMU job. Drew, if you can find that out for me, you know, by the end of the time we get to the bottom of the rankings, we'll definitely swing back to that. Um, seven uh, 20 was Colgate, uh, the winners of the Patriot League. Uh, 21 was Wright State out of the Horizon League. Um, Rob Lanier, absolutely. Rob Lanier, right? That's what I figured. Well, yeah, Rob Lanier obviously took, ended up into taking the SMU job um, out of Georgia State. 20, we said Colgate. 21, uh, Wright State out of the Horizon League. 22, the MEAC champions, Norfolk State. 23, Texas Southern out of the SWAC. 24, Longwood out of the Big South. They had an outstanding year um, over at Longwood, man. So definitely kudos to them. And 25, Montana State, um, the Big Sky champions, man, is going to round out our mid-major top 25. That was a lot. Uh, but, you know, they definitely want to want to give a shout-out to a lot of those teams. Also want to shout-out Bryant, who was just, just on the on the outside of our pool, man. They made the – they made the, the um, Tournament out of the NEC, lost in the, in the playing around. Also, Texas A&M, Corpus Christi. Uh, those, those were two teams that ended up making the tournament, but um, didn't end up making our, our um, top 25 rankings. Also, Yale out of the Ivy League, uh, where another team that was in conversations, obviously, uh, made the tournament, but didn't make the, the rankings for us. Um, and then Jacksonville State. Jacksonville State obviously made the tournament, but, you know, out of that, the same conference as Bellarmine, um, out of the Atlantic Sun, obviously, Bellarmine was able to win the conference tournament. Um, but they didn't get the bid to the dance because Jacksonville State was a regular season champion, so they they as well fit the bill. But you know, neither of those teams ended up making the cup, man. It's, 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 it's a tight list, man. Drew and I received you know a, a lot of comments from a lot of teams that like, oh North Texas or oh Iona or you know why are new team nigga? And it's like man, look, what, what did you do in March, man? What did you do when the lights was on brightest? You know what I'm saying? When them cameras were shining, you missed your one shining moment, man. You fumbled that bag. When it mattered most, man, we ain't we ain't we ain't we ain't that over here. At all facts media, man. We need winners, man. It's winning time over here. At all facts media. We reward the winners with our rankings. Facts, man. I mean, shoot, we 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 killed Lower Chicago for putting up a forty-one special versus Ohio State and no Texas, man. I mean, shoot, they only scored thirty-six points versus Louisiana Tech in the semifinals of the conference tournament. So I mean, like I said, my my God, Tay, man. You know what I'm saying? I love no Texas. We showed them a lot of love this year, man. But you scored thirty-six points with season on the line. You can't be ranked in the top 25 here at All Facts Media, man. 36 points is, is not cutting it, man. Sorry. Yeah, man. So anybody who's in this and their team didn't make it, man, you can go ahead and hit us up on Twitter, and we'll grab we'll grab you tell you tell you uh, why your team uh, did not make the cut in this year's rankings. But the NCAA tournament, man. Obviously, we had a we had a hell of a Final Four, man. Arguably the best Final Four that we've had maybe in the history of the NCAA tournament, man, but certainly in a very long time with obviously Duke and um, Carolina in that historic matchup in the Final Four. Um, and then obviously Kansas and Villanova heartbreak for Justin Moore, DMV kid, torn Achilles couldn't couldn't play in that in that matchup versus Kansas man and Kansas obviously was able to beat 
Villanova in that first semifinal, um, and then Carolina, man, was able to shock the Duke Blue Devils and Coach K's career, send that man up the road, man, and then advance to the title game, man. So what were your takeaways uh, from, from those two games, Drew? Man, I'm 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 just befuddled that Duke actually let Carolina beat them. I mean, I'm thinking you okay, they, they beat you guys in the final game at Cameron Indoor Stadium. There's no possible way, there's no possible way that they're gonna lose in the final four. Like I bet $50 on this game, man. You know what I'm saying? Lost my $50 because I was so confident in Duke, man. And I was getting ready to bet more too. I'm, I'm glad I showed some restraint. I might have went broke, man. But I'm just, I mean, that was definitely the most shocking result, man. And then to follow that up in the championship game, North Carolina then blows the largest uh, lead in NCAA championship game history. It blew a 16-point lead to Kansas, man. I mean, they literally just blew their load trying to beat Duke. And then the next day, forgot how to play basketball in the second 20 minutes of that game. You know what I'm saying? So it's unfortunate, you know what I'm saying? I honestly think that if Duke wins that game, I think that they ended up, beat, ended up beating Kansas and winning that championship. Um, you know, that's how I think it was uh, shaken out. I also think, to be honest, if Justin Moore doesn't tear his Achilles, I think Villanova ends up beating Kansas. I mean, that was like a, I think, three or four-point game uh, coming down a stretch there, and they didn't even have Justin Moore, you know? So, it was a six-point game with a little more than five minutes to go. Yeah, so a two-possession game. Like, I think you know, it was, it was 5.55 to play, and it was Yeah, it's a six-point game. game with five minutes left. I mean, I think if they had Justin Moore in that game, I think if Villanova wins that, you know, we potentially can get a Villanova Duke uh, national title game, man, which, which which would have been definitely would, would have been a great game, man. But you know, the Final Four was definitely uh, you know definitely delivered, man. I'm, I'm I'm happy that you know Kansas was able to get one because you know I think over the last couple of years, man, Kansas kind of just like I won't say they fell off, but like people kind of forgotten about them man, amongst amongst the Blue Bloods, man. Again, they've gotten upset in tournament a lot. They haven't won since that 08 one, you know, with, with Mario Chalmers and the infamous. Miss free throws from Derrick Rose and the Memphis Tigers, you know, that in that championship game all the way back in 08 with Coach Cal. Um, you know, here we are, you know, 14 years later, uh, and they and they, you know, Bill Self gets to take a national title, man. So um, you know, granted, it was you know heartbreak for Hubert Davis and UNC in that game, man. You know, my heart goes out to those guys, but I think that it was good for Kansas. I think it was good for college basketball that Kansas won one and kind of can reestablish themselves. As a blue blood, you know, at uh, you know, at, at the top of college basketball. You know, for sure, man. I mean, it's, it's first of all, it's crazy, man. That game was 14 years ago. I remember watching that game when it happened. Like, and I'm like, we were what 12 years old, I want to say at that, that time. And now we're well, actually we were 11 kills in March, so 11 years old. And now obviously we're here, 25 going on 26 in June, man. It's, it seems like it was forever ago, man. But you know, time time is flying. But I told you all this in the chat, man. Kansas, I mean Carolina. I don't say they didn't care about the game. They wanted to win the championship game, for sure. They wanted to win that game. Nobody would ever go out and, and, and play a national championship game and want to lose. But that game versus Duke was their Super Bowl. That game for them, that was that, that, that game versus Duke is the biggest game they would ever play in their lives. There's no, there's no bigger game. There's no bigger moment. You had an opportunity to retire the best coach in the history of college basketball, and they did that. Not only that, that not only that, not only that, it was your rival, and it's in the final four in front of 70,000 people. Like, it doesn't get any more bigger than that. You know why? It's crazy because my, uh, obviously, on 68, um, I got Shaman Williams, uh, UNC great, one of, one of the best guards to ever played there, was asked, was asked, quote, quote for word, if you could have this game on Saturday night 
or the championship on Monday, which one would you rather have? He said the win on Saturday over Duke. That's coming from one of the best guards to ever play at the school, man. And then, listen, they, they had Hansborough on there. They had two other guys. I, I can't remember their name. Forgive me, but two other guys that played Carolina. Oh, yeah, man. Like, they were, they were co-signing. I'm like, yo, like, <laughs> they don't care about that game? And then that's they, person. listen, that's and, person and number that's thing, team. look, the ratings for that, for that Kansas-North Carolina game was the most watched championship game in the history. It, I think it was 18.1 million viewers. The Duke-Carolina game, 18.5 million viewers, man. The Duke Carolina game had more viewers than the championship game. That game was the that game was the Super Bowl, man. Like that game was bigger. That there would never be a, a game that Caleb Love and Arthur Davis will play bigger than that Duke Carolina game. And you mentioned, man, they blew their load because they went five, they went 10 for 41 in the championship game between two of them, man. I mean, uh freaking Caleb Love was five for 24, and RJ was five for 17. Like, and this is after on the heroes of Caleb Love going 11 of 20 for 28 points, and RJ going for six of seven, six, six for 13 for 18 points. So both of those guys, man, it, like, like I said, man, it, they, were, they were too hyped for that Duke game. They got the win, and it was it, it is what it is, man. At the end of the day, I guarantee you, they at home, like, you know what? We retired Coach K, and they will forever be able to say that. And I guarantee you, if they had a chance, they, they had to choose, they would probably take that win on Saturday over the win players, on Monday. Players would 100% not rather have a loss in that championship game than a win over Duke. I guarantee you, if you ask Caleb Love, RJ Davis, Baycott, Brady Manic, if you ask all them guys, I guarantee you that those, those dudes would 100% rather have a national title than a win over, over Duke in the Final Four. I, I'll bet a million dollars on that. One million. Listen, man, the alumni already stamped it. People that wore that Carolina blue jersey, man, they don't One care about that. They don't care about that, man. That rivalry runs way deeper than ask the players. Business. Ask the players. Hey man, listen, we might have to have a track down Armando Baker, man. He's a DMV guy. I might gotta catch him some some somewhere down here in the summertime and, and ask him what's up, man. Cause obviously there's a whole bunch of uh, uh trash talking through, uh, you know throughout the year between between them and Duke, man. I must say I, I I really thoroughly enjoyed it, you know what I'm saying? So sad that, that came to an end. And um listen, man, but for Duke, you're you're on to a new chapter now, man. John Shire is taking over the program, man. Obviously, he's gonna be um he's gonna be under a lot of pressure, man. And a lot because of because of what Hubert Davis did this year, man, going to a natty in year one. And Lord, God forbid, if Hubert would have won that thing, <laughs> they would have been looking at Shine like, what you going to do? You see what you see what he did now? now what, what you going to do? So he better be lucky that Hubert didn't, didn't win it, man. But nonetheless, to go to a Final Four National Championship game in year one, people going to be looking at Shine next year. He has a great recruiting class, three of the top five players in the country. He has six top 100 freshmen coming in. I believe five of them are in the top 50 um, of ESPN top 100, man. So they're going to be under some pressure next year, man. You're probably going to lose. You're definitely going to lose Ben Carroll. You'll probably lose A.J. Griffin, uh, one no more as well. Probably lose Mark Williams. We're anticipating that Jeremy Roach and Trevor Kidd both come back. You add that with the transfer, with the freshmen that they're going to bring in, like, they're going to have a pretty good team next year. So, I mean, the expectations are, are going to be pretty high. I mean, what are your thoughts on, you know, I guess the direction of this Duke program as, as far as where it stands now? I mean, I think it's going to be tough, one, because obviously, you know, Coach K's gone and that whole aura over the program is going to be completely different. But then you also lose Nolan Smith, you know, who is going to Louisville. He's going to be the associate head coach over there. Who's, I mean, has obviously strong ties to the DMV area. We know DMV has been a Duke pipeline over the couple of years. Obviously, we know about Roach and Kills and Quinn Cook. The list goes on and on about, you know, Nolan Smith himself, obviously. Uh, there's been a bunch of DMV guys that have, have went to Duke, man. And, you know, for him to go to Louisville, um, in there in the ACC with Duke. I mean, that's that's definitely something to, to monitor going forward as far as recruits. 
Um, I think also, man, like I said, it's gonna be interesting to see, man. Like you know, it's different when you're the, you know, when you're on the bench and you're learning from the guy. But it's different to step in them shoes and actually now you have to be the guy. Uh, but I think he'll be he'll be he'll be meant for, man. But I think I'm also interested in, in to see what Hubert David Davis does next year because I mean, quite frankly. I mean, all these guys were, were 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 Roy Williams guys, you know. So I'm interested to, 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 to see what he does, kind of going forward here, if he can recruit. I mean, we all saw Kevin Alley won that title with with Jim Calhoun's guy. I know he played Jim Calhoun. Everybody was singing his praises, and then he never got back ever, you know. After that, and obviously we know how that story ended over there at UConn. So I think Hubert Davis is gonna have to show, like, even obviously in this first year, you were able to kind of put it together and make it make it uh, all the way to the championship game. You know, what can you do in these next couple of years? Are you going to be able to maintain this success? Can you recruit at, at that level? Um, you know, so I think that that's also so, something to, to monitor going forward as well. Yeah, well, look, I, I think, if anything, they're going to have some momentum um, based on what they just did in the tournament this year. I'm looking at the East Ham 100 right now. Um, they, have a guy, they have a guy coming in, Jalen Washington, 30th ranked player in the country, the center east side of Carolina. Uh, they have a the number 45th ranked player, Seth Trimble. Um, he, he's committed to Carolina, 61 point guard. Um, so they got two top 50 guys coming in. Um, uh, so you, just said 30, you just said 30 and 45, and, and Duke's got three out of the top five. I mean, you, yeah, of course, of course. Listen, that's, listen, that's tough. They also got a guy, Tyron Nickel. He's 96, but, you know, four-star guy, power forward. So, look, they, they, they got some freshmen coming in. Obviously, we don't, we don't know. Um, obviously, it, it ain't Duke with three to, four, three to the top five. But you have this thing called the portal, baby. That portal is going to be rocking. Obviously, this year, it's, it's kind of been a slow year so far. We haven't already seen, you know, any heavy hitters. Actually, last year, we saw Marcus Carr in the portal and Kellen Grady in the portal. And there were some heavy hitters that were, that were transferring school. Trey Mitchell. Yeah, I, was in it too. I was in this. Brady Manick was the best portal out of any player in the country. I mean, they, they got – I mean, yeah. he, he averaged he, – no, he was the best. He averaged 50 – he averaged his career high in points, 15 points per game, and was a key – arguably was, was, was one of the best players in, 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 in the NCAA tournament run this year. Oh, do, do you want to know who was the best player? Right, or, Oscar, are you talking about Oscar Shibway? Are you going to say Shibway? No, I wasn't even going to say Shibway. Shibway was player of the year, and he should be in the running as right. well. But, but I, mean, I mean, I think they made it to the national championship game, and he was an impact starter. Like, you know what I'm saying? He was he's one of those guys that was contributing at a high level on a team that was one possession away from winning the national championship game. I, I think I think Alana Williams will have a word. Um, He, he averaged 19. Not taking them over Manic. In five, excuse me? Not, not over Manic. They didn't need one player of the year in the ACC in the same league as Brady Manic. Brady, Brady Manic was nowhere near that. Was on the national championship. National. Why? National he was a great. He was a great addition, but you can't the best addition. Like I don't yes. know about that one. Yes. Yes. I don't know about that one, man. Sure. My, my, my guy, Steve he, Ball, he, he made the most. He made the most impact out of any transfer. Think no, about it. Cap. Think about it. Think about it. Cap. 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 Explain. Think about this. Last year, Baycott was at UNC. Last year, Caleb Love was there. Last year, Archie Davis was there. Last year, Vicky Black was there. Last year, all those guys were there at UNC last year, and they were. Terrible. They didn't even make the tournament. This year, you take that same roster, you add Brady Manick, and they're in a national championship. They game. also have a new coach, a new system. Like it's that you know, like just Brady Manick. They're one of the same stuff. No, he was on no, the same No, it ain't. No, it's not. What? The same thing. No, it's not. No, it's not. You add Brady Manick to that roster. What have you ever seen? Come on. We we've watched Carolina for years and years and years. They've always played these two stiff bigs. They want to come and throw it in. Throw it in the Hansborough, throw it in the Zeller, throw it in the John Henson and play two in the Baycott. That's Baycott. But Brady Manning is a stretch forward, bro. That was Hubert. And look, look. Wait, exactly. Also, he changed the, he what, changed the dynamic on. of the offense. Wait, have you? That was Hubert. That was Hubert. Hubert recruited him. Hubert. I, I lied to you not. I lied to you not. Obviously. Listen. Duh. 
But he changed. It's, it's, it's Brady. It's, Huber had a huge part in that. And, and the offense, whatever you ever, come out. Running the transition, it's the same. same it's Carolina. not the same system, bro. Listen, I listened to Carolina players on the field 68. Shout out Rob Dawson, Jeff Goodman. All week long, they had, like I said, Shamal Williams, Tyler Head, bro. Yo, this, they was, they all them dudes watching Caleb Loving. Like, yo, bro, Roy would have never let none of that rock. All them step backs. Uh, ball screen threes. None of them dudes was doing that, bro. Like, he never let none of their guards rock. How he let Caleb Love rock. He really let them dudes go, bro. Like, all, all they guard, Brady Man, he gave him a freedom that Roy never gave them, bro. Ever. Ever. Okay. All this, bro, bro, I, all that can, can be true. But like I said, the players, it's a, literally the same exact team. You add Brady It's Man a whole new coach. Game. Hey, man, I'm a Hubert Davis stand now. I wasn't, but I'm, I'm a Hubert Davis stand now. Oh. My man turned that thing around, bro. Arthur about the coach. It was the same team, and they had one dude, and they exponentially. They better. had a new coach. Exponentially, they had a new coach. Man, you had like, no, Brady, it's, it's, this man averaged 15, 6, and two. You want to know what Alonis Williams championship? You want to know what Alonis Williams averaged? Yo, Alonis nineteen, six rebounds, five assists. They didn't four make two. a tournament, huh? They won the NIT. It don't matter. He had he the biggest impact. You know, my man Steve Forbes, he went from averaging six points per game, bro. He averaged six points per game last he year at Oklahoma. Took him and now he averaged he 19 a game. Best portal take all year. Alonis oh. Williams, best get in the portal. Not even close. Wait for him with doodle last year, bro. They were doodle. His team went from not making the tournament to being in the national title game. Bringing in one dude. It wasn't just Brady Mank, though, bro. It wasn't just him. All them dudes got better. Oh, Love got better. Yeah, Arjun Davis got better. Big Up got better. They had a new coach. Manic, Manic, but like you said, like you said, Manic being able to space the floor and pick a pop. And that was Hubert. He their offense. He recruited him. Roy he Manic wasn't even no recruiting Brady Manic. He was not making no shots. Roy I'm not recruiting Brady Manic is my point, though. I'm not taking that away. I'm saying Brady Manic's performance, his play, the way he changed the dynamic of how they played, allowed them to take their team to the next level. And the impact that he had, the impact that he had, literally is the greatest out of any guy in the portal. Anybody. I'm not jacking it. I'm going Lonis Williams. My man damn near won it. Who, who is that winning player the year in the ACC? Was it Buddy Behind? No, no, no. I don't know. It was uh, Lonis. I think he won it. Didn't he win it? I don't think he won it. I think Buddy might have won it. No, nah, I think Lonis Williams won it. Buddy didn't win it. Buddy Behind definitely didn't win it. I don't think it was. I don't think. No, Lonis, I'm pretty sure Lonis Williams won it. Well, if, he, if, if he did, then, then, then that just uh, that just kills your argument right there, buddy. Oh yeah, Alonis Williams. Alonis Williams won Player of the Year. Doesn't mean yeah. anything. Yeah, you're the biggest, that's just the biggest dead, buddy. transfer. He went from six points a game to ACC Player of the Year. Once he didn't make the tournament, Brady care. Manning had the best impact out of any transfer in the portal. Cap, how you can say had a bigger year impact than the man who won Player of the Year in the same league he's in? The but same league he's in. Tournament to the national championship game. Man, I ain't hearing that. Literally. Guess what? They both came from Oklahoma. And guess what? One one player of the year, one did it. So what? Hey, it doesn't mean It does. It means he had a bigger impact. No, it doesn't. This team didn't make the tournament. Listen, man, we can agree to, to disagree. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll go ahead and put a ball in that chapter. We'll have to see what Hubert does next year. See what Shire does next year. It'll be a lot of it'll be a lot of fun to watch. One thing I know for damn sure is that uh Carolina got the one up on rivalry for at least about Good 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Duke might got to run off like, I don't know, 10, 20, 10. They got to run off like 20 straight wins before they can say anything to Carolina. <laughs> Yo, 
right, man. On to the next one, man. From one impalpable tournament run in Carolina to another one, man. And the darlings of March, man. We would be remiss if we did not mention the St. Peter's Peacocks, man, and their improbable run all the way to the Elite Eight. The first MAC team to win a game in the tournament. The first MAC team to reach the Sweet 16. The first MAC team to reach an Elite Eight. The first 15 seed ever to reach an Elite Eight. Um, I mean, there just aren't enough words to describe how absolutely insane this run was by St. Peter's. They beat, they beat Kentucky, who a lot of people had winning the whole damn thing uh, in the first round. The NCAA tournament, man, the National Player of the Year in Oscar Shibway took them out in, in the first round, then beat Murray State, who had the best record of any team in college basketball this year. Uh, I want to say they were like 30-2 and two or something like that, but they had the best record of any team in, in college basketball this year. Knocked them out in the second round. Then they beat Purdue, and just Jaden Ivey's going to be a top three pick. Zach Eady is, is the second coming of Yao Ming. Travion Williams is, 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 uh, was, a, was an all-Big Ten player last year. I mean, they, they, they were they – were the. I came on the show and said that they were the worst possible matchup for St. Peter's, man. Nonetheless, they found a way to win, man. And then they ran into the buzzsaw that was Hubert Davis in North Carolina, man. And, I mean, look, I, 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 as someone who played in the MAC, it is absolutely unbelievable to even fathom what went down. Like, obviously, we're, we're, more than, we're more than a week past, you know, them losing the tournament. I still can't believe, like, that they made it as far as they did, like, it's actually kind of ridiculous the run that they made, man. You know, all credit to Shaw Holloway, man, and, you know, for the job that he was able to do, and he's actually been rewarded with the job at Seton Hall, man. But how about that that, that run by St. Peter's, man? I mean, just what, 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 what can you make of that, of, that, uh, of that run, man? I mean, I think, obviously, like you mentioned, this is the first – this is the first for teams in the MAC and for St. Peter's University, obviously. I think this will be the first and the last time we ever see a run like this. Um by a school like St. Peter's, man. I mean, I think that the thing that is just so hard to believe is like, like you said, man, from playing in the Mac and having to go to St. Peter's for four years, seeing the gym, seeing the facilities, seeing the campus, seeing the city around the school, and then being able to see like, yo, like this team, this school made the sweet, no, I'm sorry, the elite eight. Like it's almost unfathomable. I mean, like, they but are. also listen to this. If you haven't, if you're anywhere regional from like Philly, Jersey, New York, please just just put it in your GPS and just go take a stroll past the university and just go go walk around. You'd be like, yo, where am I? Am I at a community college? Like, what what is this? I mean, Shaw Holloway is is literally like a magician for being able to pull off what he was able to pull off, man. And I I mean, it's literally improbable. Like I said, I I, I tweeted right to the you know they ended up losing like. This is the greatest Cinderella run that we've ever seen. Like, and I mean, I mean, obviously, we've seen mid-majors make it even farther than they did. Obviously, George Mason and VCU, Wichita State, Little Chicago, they all made final four runs, you know, out of mid-major conferences. But I think this is even more improbable run. First of all, because of their seed, they were a 15 seed, and this is the first 15 seed to ever advance to the Elite Eight, first of all. And second of all, just like I said, the school. Um, and the university ain't never so. This isn't Iona, right? Like, this is a, 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 a Iona team, you know, with Rick Patino coming out in the MAC and they made it a run to the Elite Eight. I'm like, you know what? It's improbable, but it's Patino. It's Iona. They've been in the tournament every single year for the last, I don't know how many years. Um, it wouldn't be that surprising to me. This was, you know, even a team like Monmouth. I mean, you know, King Rice, and they've had great teams in the past. Uh, their facilities is great. University is heavily invested in the sports. Um, Siena, even great basketball history. Like, this is St. Peter's. Like, St. Peter's doesn't have the same history as, as any of these schools. 
So for Sean Howard, we would do what he did, especially with the guys that he has on his roster. I mean, he doesn't have any highly, you know, touted guys on his roster. I mean, even like, like I said, if you look at Iona, they got Tyson Jolly, you know, I made a transfer. Elijah Joyner, man, and uh, Nelly Jr. Joseph are, I mean, first team all-Mac guys. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I don't even know if they had a guy on first team. They didn't have any guys on first team all-Mac. Uh, Casey Defo made second team, I believe, this year. I know there was a big beef about how he didn't end up on first team all-Mac. Um, I mean, they had a bunch of guys that were just scrappy, and his team really embodied uh, his attitude, just, you know, toughness, um, don't care about who they who they're playing, um, and that carried them in the tournament, man. So I mean, hats off to what he's able to do, man. I think if he's able to make that kind of run at St. Peter's, it's gonna be crazy to see what he can do at, at Seton Hall, man. And the guy that he's gonna be able to coach there, um, I think it's gonna be amazing. Yeah, no, you mentioned you mentioned uh, you know the guys he had on the roster, man, and actually three of those guys are now in the portal. Um, and Doug Eater, the 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 darling of March, I mean. His Instagram grew more than Paige Becker's in the, uh, in the, uh, in the tournament, man. I mean, he, I think he had the highest grossing Instagram, man, and in all of college basketball. He went from, like, having, like, a 1,000 followers to having, like, 158K or something crazy like that. I mean, that, that dude, talk about running up a bag. I mean, that, that man really cemented his whole his whole situation right now. And, you know, he's, he's obviously in, in the portal now. Um, Daryl Banks, who was obviously probably their best guard, uh, he's in the transfer portal. Um, and Matthew Lee is also in the, in the transfer portal. Obviously, he was, he was starting point guard now on that team. So, Thor three are going to be looking for new homes, uh, and we're going to obviously be able to have to see you know, where they where they land. Obviously, um, there were the rumors that you know one of them could be following Chad Holloway to St. Peter's. If it was one of the three, it had to be Daryl Banks, who's the leading scorer on the team, their best guard. Um, and obviously, he, he's somebody that you know could potentially you know m- uh, make an impact in, in the Big East. I was I was thinking if it was going to be anybody, it would be Casey Nadefo. He only played four years. You know, he, he, he has another year of eligibility. I think if it was going to be anybody, he was the defensive player of the year in the MAC, uh, I believe, maybe, maybe two times uh, and defensive player of the year. Three times defensive player of the year. Three times defensive player of the year in the MAC. Um, and obviously, he, he's somebody who I think would be great in the Big East. You know, six, seven, elite shot blocker, elite defensive player. Um, a little, a little, a little bit undersized, but like I mentioned, the Big East is in a league where you're going to be going up against, you know, seven footers all the time and whatnot. You know, you're, you're going to be able to compete at that at that level. Um, so if Nadefo is not going to, you know, follow him to St. Peter's to Seton Hall, excuse me, then I guess it would have to be Banks if, if the rumors were true. Because I, obviously I don't want to speculate and, and, you know, all three of those guys could, you know, should, should be able to find somewhere else um, and, uh, some some good landing spots. So, you know, we'll see what happens with those guys, man. But um, I think it'll be interesting to see what happens with, with Casey even. I mean, maybe if, if I'm, you know, he he might mess around and try to try to go pro, you know, after the after this Elite Eight run. I mean, he's definitely in a great spot to make some money. So. Um, I'm also interested to see who, who gets the St. Peter job because also obviously um, there are rumors that Grant Billmeyer, who was who was at who's been at Seton Hall with Kevin Willard for a long time, um, could potentially be having have some interest in that job. But obviously he's now headed to Maryland with Willard, um, so we'll, we'll we'll you know keep tabs on that situation. But you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens from here with St. Peter's man because obviously Patino's still in the MAC. You know, you got obviously Shaw Holloway is gone, and you know part of me just feels bad for the university. Cause I'm like, damn man, like they get all this history and then everybody just rolls out. But I mean, look. The money, the recognition, the the attention that that university got, man, is, is going to be felt for years and years and years and years to come. Like the like the the, the you can't you can't even I'm sure like the AD you can't be bitter about Shaw Holloway leaving. I mean that that dude brought more attention and more made that school more money than probably anybody in history that school has. And you know the ripple effects of that will be will be felt. I mean I'm sure they're going to be able to hopefully build some build some better facilities. I, mean, I know they renovated the gym this year, but you know they might be able to get some more renovations in you know after this run. So. 
you know, the university should be in, should be in great shape moving forward and definitely going to be interested to see, you know, what happens with that uh, moving forward. Now, for sure, man. Like, I, I was feeling the same way, man. It's like the players are rolling out, the coaches are rolling out. So, like, you hate to see the school go from being in the Elite Eight to then, you know, being a bottom-tier MAC team, you know. So, I'm hoping that whoever they're getting there, hopefully, I mean, I think the best move will honestly be to try to, if, if, if they're not going to hire Bill Meyer from Seton Hall, I think the best move will honestly just be to promote somebody from within that has a relationship with, with, with the players that maybe uh, they trust. And, uh, you know, hopefully he can get some guys to stay. Kind of just... The thing is, he has he has Umar Shannon and, and Rasheen Davis on the staff. So, like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, Rasheen has been, been an assistant for forever. I know he would probably love the opportunity to be head coach. He's ha- has familiarity, you know, um, in the league, obviously having coached um, at Manhattan and won two championships with Steve Masiello. Um, then obviously Umar Shannon played at Quinnipiac, and he he was he played, he only played one year in the MAC. The first year Quinnipiac was ever in the MAC. Um, but obviously those both two guys that are, that are familiar with the league. I think obviously Rasheed will have a better shot at the at the at getting the head coaching job, you know. And I, I'm not I'm not familiar with who, who the third person on the staff is, so forgive me um, for 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 not being privy to that information. But you know, I'm, I'm sure whoever the third person is will probably have a shot on, on, on at that at that as well um, for that job. But nonetheless, man, you mentioned it, man. Hopefully they, they can get that rolling, and, you know get somebody in place that will continue to elevate that program and continue to, you know, to continue the history that that, that Shaw Holloway made from this year, man. But um, obviously we, we mentioned Shaw Holloway going to Seton Hall, man, and he was not the only the only school in the Big East or all around the country that hired a new head coach this spring, man. The coaching carousel was on and popping um, this season, man. There were a number of schools that got new head coaches, man. Obviously in the Big East alone, uh, Xavier was able to hire Sean Miller, who has been working with the Field 68 um, all year, man. So definitely cool. I think it's an outstanding hire bringing Sean Miller back. He was obviously at, at the university uh, for a long period of time back when they were in the A-10 um, years back and, and did a great job there. Um, and then also, obviously, uh, this is just happened a couple of days ago, uh, Butler hired Thad Mata um, at, 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 um, from former Ohio State coach, man. So, you know, definitely an interesting hire. Thad Mata is, is you know, is, is, you know he's, he's had his, his share of health um, issues obviously, which is the reason why he stepped down at Ohio State. But you know, the rumor is that, that, that he's he's healthy, he's feeling good about himself, and you know, obviously, we'll, we'll be able to see what happens, what he's able to do with that with that Butler program, who was you know falling on some rough time lately um, in the coming years, and then oh, excuse me, past moving into eight ten, obviously, uh, Sean Miller's brother Archie Miller uh, was able to get the URI job, and Frank Martin was able to take over at UMass. So two two of the um, Two of the local school, two of the uh, New England schools up there were able to get new head coaches. There was school in the A-10, obviously GW, where they would hire Chris Caputo, a longtime um, Miami head coach, um, excuse me, Miami associate head coach, been with Jim Laranaga forever, was with Laranaga at George Mason when they made their improbable run in the Final Four. Um, so he, he's going to be able to come home um, back to GW, man, try to turn that program around. Another big program in the area, University of Maryland, um, hired Kevin Willard, former Seton Hall head coach, um, driving down 95, uh, took over at the University of Maryland, and then half the SEC flipped. I mean, there they were there were openings all over the place. Todd Golden gets Florida, Matt McMahon gets LSU, uh, Lamont Paris gets South Carolina, uh, Chris Jans gets Mississippi State, uh, Dennis Gates gets Missouri, um, Mike White leaps from Florida to go to Georgia, um, and then obviously I mentioned obviously Florida ended up hiring hiring uh, Todd Golden to replace him. So I believe there were six openings um, in, in the SEC. Man, they all got filled. So. A lot of moves, man. A lot of moves. A lot of movement in, in the coaching carousel, man. And you know, I, out of those ones that, that I just you know named off, we're going to dive into Maryland GWs, you know, uh, civilly a little bit later. But 
out of the other ones, man, I mean, which moves do you think are going to turn out being the best, man? I mean, what are your thoughts on the, on the other moves that were made in the coaching career itself? Yeah, I mean, there were I'm, – I'm sure there might be even more, man, but I know that – I think the most intriguing headline for me was there were three coaches uh, that returned to schools that they had previously coached. Obviously, in, in Dad Mata, who returned to Butler, a school that he coached back in 2001. But they went to the League. Yeah, yeah, and obviously he's also um, a Butler a Butler alum. Um, like you mentioned, Sean Miller returning to Xavier. Uh, now they're in the Big East. He was even in there in A10. And then Steve Prom coming back to Murray State. Obviously, um, now they're in the Missouri Valley Conference. So, I mean, I think it's interesting, man, to see these coaches that are leaving these schools and then the schools kind of coming back like, hey, saying that, you know, hey, boo, remember me? Text, you know, and uh, yeah, you know, uh, hiring those guys back. So I think, I think those are going to be I think those were kind of the, the, the three most interesting hires to me, just seeing those those three kind of return to kind of familiar stopping grounds, kind of just familiar territory. Um, the one I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the most, man, is Archie Miller going to URI. I think that's going to be an interesting hire, man. A lot of people were saying, you know, I thought that they were going to, Archie Miller was going to kind of hold out a little bit, a little bit rumblings that he might take the NC State job if that would ever come over in, in, in a year or two. But, you know, he obviously opts to take URI this, this cycle. And obviously he had a ton of success at Dayton in the Atlantic 10 uh, before he elected to leave to go to coach Indiana. And I mean, URI is a similar program that has a lot of uh, basketball history, you know, great resources, great facilities up there in Rhode Island, man. So I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued to see what he's going to be able to do in the Atlantic 10, man. I mean, the A-10 has some great, great coaches, man. And Archie Miller, obviously you mentioned Frank Martin was, was in the final four a couple of years ago. Obviously we, we, we raved about Kim English uh, on this platform a bunch. Um, yeah, obviously, the, the coaches that are already there, you know, in the A-10, the, the Mike Rhodes at, at BCU, man, and the list goes on and on. Um, so, I mean, the A-10 is going to be an absolute bear of a conference, man. And then on top of that, you're going to welcome in little Chicago with Drew Valentine. So, uh, I think, man, uh, Archie Reno definitely has his, his work cut out for him, man. But I think he's a guy who obviously has the pedigree to do so, man. And, uh, you know, he, he mentioned himself that, like, you know, he kind of took coaching for granted, just being a part of the sport. Um, when, he, when he mentioned just kind of um, this year that he had to kind of reflect on it. Um, he mentioned just kind of having that hunger back um, and that motivation back to really like be a part of something. You know, I think he's going to do a great job at URI and, and uh, you know, rebuilding that program to, prom to prominence. You know, I, I, think, I think you're right, man. I, I love, 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 love the, um, the, the Archie Miller hire. I, mean, I, think, I think obviously he, he ran that league when he was at Dayton, man, and obviously he was able to probably that. Um, into the job at um, at Indiana, man. But what he was able to do in that league was was special, man. And obviously, we, we know um, you know he has familiarity with the league. Um, he's somebody who obviously is inheriting a program that you know is, is no stranger to success, man. And obviously, um, with what um, Danny Hurley was able to do there, going to the round of thirty-two and back-to-back -back years, uh, I think I think you know he's inheriting a program that expects to win, man. He's he's somebody that's going to be extremely competitive, man. I think he's going to do a great job there, but. Um, you mentioned, man, you mentioned uh, prone one at the Murray State, man, and obviously they're going to leave the OVC and head to the Missouri Valley. Great gift for the Missouri Valley because they're losing, obviously, to Chicago to the A-10. Um, but, man, this dude, he has worked out for him, man, because they lost their top three scores. Like, um, obviously, uh, Tevin Brown decided to declare for the NBA draft, and then um, K.J. Williams and Juice Hill are both uh, going over to LSU with, with Matt McMahon. I, I know Juice Hill is. I believe K.J. Williams is going as well um, with him, but I know he, I know he entered the portal. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how Prone was able to reload there. Obviously, you know, they, they, they're, they're going to be able to recruit um, at at uh, Murray State. You know, they're, they're definitely they're definitely no stranger to to you know success. And obviously, 
Um, there are guys that are going to be – actually, I don't think K.J. Williams has committed yet. Um, yeah. As of yesterday, he's still um, the number three-ranked uh, transfer on EvanMaya.com, according to our guy that we had on, on last week's podcast. If you haven't already, tap into last week's episode with Evan Maya, analytics guru, man. He has uh, outstanding tools I'm currently looking at right now, um, and, and he has K.J. Williams as the third-ranked uh, transfer on the market right now. So, um, But nonetheless – um, he has a workout out for him over at Murray State, man. Obviously, even though the program is, is in a great place and they've they've been able to, to, to you know kind of recycle these guys through the years. Obviously, they had Cameron Payne, they had Isaiah Cannon, they had John Moran. It's, it's just, you know, one up, one down, you know. So I'm I'm sure Prem will be able to get it going over there. He, he had it rolling before when he was there. So I look like you got something to say. Yeah, but say I would say though, I would rather be prone than Matt McMahon, because I think Matt McMahon, I think Juice Hill. It's like the only I think I think LSU had like eleven players. Oh, they had no returning players. Nobody. Yeah, they have no returning yeah. zero returning players. And he got Juice Hill in there, so he has like one dude on his roster right now. So yeah. and with the sanctions and stuff that's getting ready to come up, I would much rather be Steve Prome at Murray than uh, Matt McMahon at LSU, man, because he literally has to build an entire twelve man well, roster. Well, well, Andrew, I, I will say um, about that. Um, Matt McMahon is going to make a lot of money um, at, at LSU. Um, that football money is no joke. So um, that buyout is going to be hefty, um, and he's going to be able to sit on his behind for about – because they ain't going to fire him for the first three years because I mean, you can't fire nobody coming in with allegations and all of this stuff. So he probably has at least three, four, five years to make four, five million a year. So I, I, I listen, if I, could, if I had to be anybody not counting nobody's pockets, I would take that SEC money over there. I know they backed up the Brinks truck to get him to leave Murray State because that 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 place is the ultimate job security. You ain't getting fired from from Murray State. So in order for him to leave there, I know they paid him they paid him quite heftily. So I I won't go as far as to say that I would rather be uh, prone than Matt McMahon. I know Matt McMahon is going to be uh, living large over there in Baton Rouge for the next couple of years. Under a lot of stress, the way a lot of stress. Yeah, he's going to be counting his money. He's going to be counting that bread. A lot of stress, a lot of losses. Lot of, it's gonna be bad. Eh? It's gonna be bad. It's gonna be bad. Yeah, man, listen, I'm sure he'll wipe his tears with a few hundred dollar bills every night. You know what I'm saying? And crap up to sleep. You know what I'm saying? Throw him at his wife when she get mad at him. You know what I'm saying? Hey, here, go back to a little burger or something. But we'll we, we 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 said we we're gonna dive into our local our local openers. Man, we had two um just two down years, man, here in the area, man. One very one very down year in, in, in University of Maryland, man, because they were a top twenty five preseason team coming into this year, man. And obviously they didn't even make the tournament. Um, was one of the worst teams in the Big Ten. Um, just, just the year from hell, man. Honestly, I mean, Turgeon quits about five, six games into the season. Get an interim coach, Danny Manning, in there, and Bruce uh, Bruce Shingler obviously gets gets in trouble with. I want I want I don't even want to talk about what he what he what he did. If you ever heard of it, just go ahead and Google, Google it yourself, man. But uh, that whole shindig went down. Um, obviously, they took Kudus Wahab out of the portal. That didn't work out. He's now back in the portal. Um, and it it, it, it it was it was a bad year at the University of Maryland, man. We were p- p- people were getting booed. Uh, in their own gym, man. Turgeon was getting booed. I mean, it, it, it was bad, man. It, 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 was, it was a bad year in College Park, man. But they were able to hire Kevin Willer, man. And I am I am probably one of the most people, one of the people that is highest on his, on his hire out of anybody, man. I think Willer, man, I think he gets a kind of a, I won't say a bad rep, but obviously he hasn't had a lot of success in the tournament, man. But people don't really realize how hard of a job Seton Hall is. Like, like we mentioned, talk about Seton, talk, talk about St. Peter earlier, man. Take a drive up to Newark and go to Seton Hall. Drew? Our campus at Quinnipiac makes 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 it look like a high major uh, compared to compared to Seton Hall's campus, man. I mean that place that place is is is, is I mean if you look about facilities, man, they, they're probably on par with like NEC, 
Sim Sum. I mean, their facilities are bad, bro. It's, it's, it's not great. Um, but he was able to, to win at a high level there, man. Won a Big East regular season uh, championship, won a Big East tournament championship there. Um, was the biggest coach of the year while, while he was there, man. And was able to have a lot of success, man. Put guys in the NBA. Obviously, Miles Powell was able to play in the league. Sandrew Mamukas, really hope I pronounced the name right. Uh, pretty sure I did. Was able to play in the league. Isaiah Whitehead, obviously, played in the league, man. And uh, Andrew Delgado played in the league. I believe Desi Washington, Desi Rodriguez, um, played in the league. He was a couple of G League 10-day exhibits, but I don't think he played in the league. I think he might have had a, little, a few games with the Clippers, I feel like. He was in training camp. I'm not sure if he actually made the roster though. Nonetheless, man, I mean, he 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 was able to, to have a, um some, some some success, man, at at, uh, at Seton Hall, man. And, um, I I think he's gonna do a great job there uh, at the University of Maryland. Obviously, um, he's famous for you know having very tough teams, um, great defensive teams, man. But you know, in, in the last few years, man, he actually had some some decent offenses, man. This year they were 91st in offensive efficiency, but the year before that, last year they were you know 51st in the country offensive efficiency. The year before that, they were 29th in the country in offensive efficiency. Year before that, they were 87, but 2018, um, they were 17th in the country in offensive efficiency. So, you know, three of the last uh, three of the last six seasons, you know, they had top 50 offenses in the country. So, you know, I, I think he, he's somebody that doesn't really get enough credit for the basketball coach that he is, man. I think he's going to be somebody um, that's going to be able to have success here. And we mentioned, obviously, his staff, starting with Grant Billmeyer, who's been with him at Seton Hall for 12 years. And they went and got David Cox, who was a former Rhode Island coach, DMV guy, strong, strong ties to the area. And then they went out and got Tony Skin, um, who also has strong ties to the area. Worked with, with Willard at Seton Hall. Um, both of those guys are, are you know, going to be going to be you know, have some pressure on them, man. Because obviously, the big thing with Maryland is can they get players, man? So, you know, um, I, mean, I don't know. What, what are your thoughts on the Willard hire? How you think how you think it's going to pan out? Um, obviously, there were a lot of talk about a lot of other candidates um, that that potentially Maryland could or could not have gotten, but. You know, I guess in a broad scope, man, what are your thoughts on the Kevin Willard hire at University of Maryland? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I think what you said is correct, man. I think he's a, just a good basketball coach. Like, you know, he's a guy that, you know, can coach the game. He's not just a, a big name. He's not a, a guy who's, you know, a, a win the press conference type of guy, a flashy, you know, recruiter or anything like that. Like, he, he can actually coach the game of basketball, man, and, and get the best out of his players. I think a lot of people would honestly have a different perception of Kevin Willard if this COVID pandemic, if that COVID pandemic year in 2020 didn't end the season, people forget, I mean, Seton Hall was like a top five team in the country that year um, before before our COVID ended the year. I mean, they were in line to have like a number one or number two seed in the NCAA tournament that year. Um, you know, the year that Miles Powell was with a senior. So, I mean, imagine if they get a, a two seed in, in, in the tournament and then they make a run to a Sweet 16, Elite Eight, or potentially a Final Four. I think people have a way, way, way different perception uh, of Kevin Willard right now and this job, uh, the job that he was able to, to do at Seton Hall. So I think that, you know, when you're coming into Maryland, especially given the year that they had this year and all the instability that, that they had as far as guys transferring and encouraging leaving mid-year, you need a guy who can kind of just steady things um, and kind of get you back to just playing good basketball. So uh, I think, you know, Willard will, will, will do a good job in the Big Ten. I think it's going to take a couple of years just because of the fact that, you know, you don't really know what the roster is going to look like next year as far as, you know, Fast Russell and Eric Ayala leaving, um, you know, Kuzma Howell, like you mentioned, entering the portal. So uh, he's going to have to do some 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 roster rebuild, but I think, you know, he's going to get it rolling. Yeah. So you so my, my question was going to be, do you think he can flip it, man? I mean, do you think he, he can turn it? And if so, like, how long do you think Maryland fans have to wait before they're, you know, top 25 team perennially and back in, back in you know, winning tournament games? I mean, I say he could flip it in like three years. I th I think I think year one will be will will be will be like rebuild. 
Uh, I think year two can be uh, an improvement on year one. I think I think that, that they can maybe expect to be like a tournament team uh, in year two. And I think by year three, I think they 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 can be back in that like top twenty five caliber program. Um, you know, competing to actually make the second weekend in the NCAA tournament. And yeah. then after that, I mean, anything beyond the second weekend is just luck. At the end of the day, like you know, getting a good matchup and you know, getting getting hot at the right time. Yeah. I think I think I do agree with you that next year is gonna to be tough because basically you're only gonna be returning Hakeem Hart and, and Dante Scott who played meaningful minutes, you know, um on last year's team. Obviously, you mentioned losing it, losing like likely losing Edgar Allen. I don't know if he's officially announced it yet, but you know, all times point to him leaving. Um Fast Russell, I think he is also always eligible. I don't even think he could come back if he wanted to come back. Um and obviously we'll have them in the portal. Julian Reese is somebody who's gonna be I I think he's gonna potentially be an impact breakout star next year in the Big Ten. I mean, he, he I got a chance to watch him all year. And that kid is extremely high upside, man, for University of Maryland. So those three guys, I I, I correct myself, Juju played play some meaningful minutes as well um, this year. He could have, I think he had potential to be, you know, one of the breakout players in the Big Ten next year. But I think in the area of the portal, man, like you can turn stuff quick. Like I don't, I don't expect them to be back in the tournament next year, but I think in year two, like we should be expecting them to be back in the, in the tournament, but just because of how, Quickly, you can change things with the portal, man. I mean, if you strike on a few guys, um, and obviously, you know, now he's going to be able to, you know, obviously this year coming in is going to be his first full recruiting class. Like, I think next year, um, you know, 2023, 2024, um, he could definitely be looking at a team that I think we should, we should expect to be back in the tournament, man. I think Maryland is a place yeah, I that I said, I think year one rebuild, year yeah. two tournament, year three is when you could start talking about that, like, top 25 and, and second weekend team. That was, that was, I think that's my timeline for them. Yeah. I think the, the, the pool this year is, is, is weird, man. I mean, you got a million names in it, but not really much motion. You know, there's not really much movement going on right now. I haven't heard about any recruits that are, you know, being recruited by Maryland. So I don't really know what's going on on that front. But obviously, they, they just completed their staff. So I know those guys are probably not, not even sleeping at, at this point in time. So it'll be interesting to see what happens, man. But I, I have a lot of hope for for the, for the program, man, I, was, I, I had a chance to listen to the press conference, man. I was very excited with, you know, what they had to say. And um, I, I think the future of Maryland basketball is going to be looking bright. <clears throat> mm. The other opening uh, in, in, in DMV, man, GW, uh, they were able to hire, hire Chris Caputo. He's a friend of All Facts Media, man. He was our second ever interview um, back when we started our, our Coach's Corner segment, man. First was uh, Dwayne Simpkins, who there were rumors that he was going to be able to, to join the staff at University of Maryland. He's obviously over on staff um, at George Mason with Kim English. Um, and Chris Caputo, man, is going to be joining, going to be the head coach uh, over at GW, man. And he's, he's, he has to work out for him, man, because obviously GW has had some hard years uh, following them um, in, in, in uh, recent memory, man. And, you know, obviously, Jamion, one thing I did, I will say that he, he had some talent in there this year, man. Obviously, Joe Bama still came from Virginia Tech. Um, obviously, he was able to get um, – wow, I'm thinking on this guy's name. Battle? No, battles at Minnesota. Oh, uh, man. Bishop. Bishop. James Bishop. James Bishop. Um, at at obviously GW. Obviously he came from LSU. Um, he, he those two guys have been awesome for him. Obviously, uh, Brendan uh, Brendan Adams uh, was able to come was able to um, transfer that down there from UConn. So all three of those guys were were impact transfer for him, man. And he did lose, I believe, Brian Freeman entered, entered the portal. So that's going to be a big loss for them as a freshman because he had an outstanding year for them. Um, Ira Lee obviously didn't even play this year, but he's not going to be returning to the team next year. Um, and I Ricky Lindo was also in the portal. So losing Lindo, losing Brian Freeman, I haven't, I, I, I could be mistaken because there's a million names in the portal, but I haven't heard anything about Bama Steel, Brandon Adams, or um, James Bishop in the portal. So you, you can return those three guys, and that would be a great start as far as, you know, building for the future at, at GW. And 
hopefully, you know, obviously, like like we said, man, the portal, the portal is is is, is a you know quick fix. Or if you missed, then it could elongate that process. So I think Caputo is going to have his work cut out for him. But you know, what are your what are your thoughts on that move for GW? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think you made a, a great point, man. I mean, Caputo's coming from Miami, and we just saw what Miami was able to do in turn and make an elite eight with Charlie Moore, Isaiah Wong, and Cameron McGusty, three extremely dynamic guards. So if Caputo is going to kind of try to bring that style that he's you know and that he had under Larry Nagin for so long. To, to, to GW, I mean, what better trio of guards to, to have that style with than James Bishop, Brendan Adams, and Joe Bamister? I mean, if you could have those three guys in your backcourt and you, you play the way that, that Miami did as far as giving those guys freedom to, to play, um, I think that, that that you're off to an amazing start, you know? I mean, obviously, we're DMV guys, man. I can't remember when the last time GW was in the tournament. And the one thing that Mike Lonergan did, man, was, like, he was able to get high-quality players uh, in the GW, man. I mean, Patricio Garino, uh, Kevin Larson, Tyler Cavanaugh. Like these are Tyler Cavanaugh is an NBA player. Like these, these, these are the type of guys that were coming to the program for GW uh, when when the last were in the tournament. So I think if you're going to compete in the A10, we already mentioned uh, the lengthy list of coaches in the A10 as far as Anthony Grant, Archie Miller, uh, Mike Rose, Kim English right next door. Like I mean, there's apps. I mean, Chris Mui. I've just made a run to to second round. I mean. There's amazing coaches uh, in the in the A10, man. I mean, Mark Schmidt at St. Myers. I mean, like like so. If you're GW, man, you're Chris Caputo, you're, you're gonna have your work cut out for you. But it's possible, you know. Like I said, like we've seen GW make a run to the tournament. I believe that was 2014, uh, 2015, the last time they were in the tournament. I remember it was, we were in high school. It was the, it was the um, 2013, 2014 season. GW was 24 and nine, and they earned a ninth seed in the tournament, and they lost to Memphis uh, in the first round of that of that year's tournament. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, that's I mean that that's that's the caliber. I mean, getting a nine seed in the NCAA tournament, that's not like you snuck in. I mean, those guys were solidly into the NCAA tournament. I mean, they had some great players on that team, man. I mean, like and like I said, we didn't even mention guys like Keaton Savage and Joe McDonald. Like, I mean, those were high, like those were high major players that they had at GW. So um, I mean, another thing that, that they did at Miami was use the the the, the portal. Like obviously McGusty was a was a transfer portal guy, Charlie Moore was a portal guy. So I mean if Chris Caputo can kind of bring that same style to GW where you're hitting the portal hard, you're bringing in talented players, man, then I think he'll have no problem kind of getting that thing rolling at GW, man. But like I said, man, it's, it's really going to be cut out for him because the A-10, uh, I mean, it's it's, it's going to be stronger than never next year, especially when you welcome in Loyola Chicago. You know, yeah, I, th- I think you're right, man. And obviously, um, you know, you mentioned that the, the coaching in the A-10 is, is, is nuts. Obviously with Mark Schmidt and Frank Martin and, Archie Miller now, and it's, it's going to be a bear, man, in, in the Atlantic 10. Now you mentioned um, Drew Valentine over in Lower Chicago, man. It's going to be a hell of a league. Um, it's going to be a hell of a league to, to coach in. And um, but I mean, listen, man, we're in the DMV. The best players in America reside here. So I think the same thing that Maryland challenged to do, GW could be challenged to do. We, we haven't heard anything about the staff yet, um, but I'm, I'm sure Caputo is going to be able to you know, going to get some guys um, on his staff. Shoot, I mean, I, I wouldn't even be surprised if if, if you would see maybe a guy, a guy like Dwayne Simpkins Leave GW and leave missing and go GW to, to be with to be with Caputo. Obviously, um, those, those guys, from what I've heard, are, are really close. But obviously, he has some good over there at, at Mason with Kim English. So staff is going to be important for Caputo, man. You're going to have to have some guys that are going to be able to, to go out and get some players, man. But obviously, Caputo, Caputo is young enough where he's going to still have some some energy and some enthusiasm as far as getting on the recruiting trail and grinding and, and getting it in. So it'll be interesting to see what happens, man. Like I said, those are two programs with, with great history. Obviously, with GW and Maryland, both. You know, having having you know histories of success here in the area, and you're in, like I said, the best area 
of college basketball in the country, man. So you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens, man. I, I will definitely be intrigued to see you know how, how they how they handle those jobs, and you know, hopefully we can we can get some good basketball here in the in the area next year because I know obviously George Mason, we, um, Kim English did, did, done a great job over there. Obviously, they're bringing in Justin Fernandez, uh, top one hundred kid. Um, Devin Dinkins, who was a first team All Met guy at Gonzaga. Um, Rich added my guy from Tennessee. I'm blanking on his name right now, man. But he was he was I believe like their their, their leading scorer, second or third leading scorer, uh, two seasons ago uh, at Tennessee, man. That year when they had Keon Johnson and um, Jaden Springer. Um, and obviously this past year, um, when Kim English left to take the Mason job, obviously it's tough when you're you know your assistant you know who recruited you kind of leaves. So you know we'll see. He's back with Kim English now. George Mason, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna look at his name because I don't I don't want to disrespect my guy, uh, forgetting his name, uh, but. You know they're they're gonna be they're gonna be obviously in year two they they're losing a lot they're losing obviously Deshaun Schwartz um is, is done with his his eligibility um they lost a lot to the portal Xavier Johnson um entered the portal um they lost a lot obviously they're gonna bring back Josh Odoro um to bring back Ticket Gaines um and then obviously they're bringing in a few freshmen that are that are very talented um, and then a few transfers I'm pulling up my guy's name right now so that I don't so that I don't sound crazy to disrespecting my guy Victor Bailey Jr. Uh, he, he, he's coming to George Mason. He averaged um, 10.9 points per game um, at, at Tennessee um, in 2020, 2020, in 2020-2021 season. So um, obviously he had a rough year last year, but he's somebody that if anytime you can average 11 points a game in, in the SEC uh, with two first-round draft picks on your team, um, you know, you're somebody that's definitely very talented. So kudos to Kenley for keeping that Tennessee, the George Mason pipeline going on. Obviously he took ticket games last year and, you know, taking a bit to Bailey this year. Um, obviously we're going to, we're going to, you know, see see what he can do in year two. I'm at the helm in George Mason. For sure, man. I think you know the last thing I'll say on the GW situation, man, is like I think you mentioned it, man. The staff is going to be extremely important. I mean, I think uh, Capito should take a page out of Kevin Willard's book, man, because you know he he hired two DMV guys and you know a guy in David Cox who is a great recruiter, has a great reputation for for bringing players in. You know, he um, he got a lot of credit for kind of. Really building up URI to what it was during that during Danny Hurley, Hurley's uh, tenure at URI, as far as bringing in players, you know, and, and getting a lot of those guys to URI. Um, so he has a great reputation um, for for being a recruiter. Man, I think he's going to be huge for Kevin Willard and kind of rebuilding that Maryland program and getting the look, some of those local guys, you know, back into the fold, um, back into the fold at at uh, Maryland. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, uh, we 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 I know. Nothing has been confirmed, man, but we did hear that Lamar Butler and uh, Brendan Strong are two guys that are rumored to be uh, on Chris Caputo's staff at GW. So, I mean, um, and Brendan Strong is a team takeover guy. I believe uh, Lamar Butler is also a takeover guy, too, man. So, you know, if Caputo's, if, if those two Lamar are in fact... Lamar's that PVI right now, too. Yeah, so, I mean, if, if those two are, in fact, going to be on his staff uh, at GW, man, he, he's moving in the right direction as far as getting getting some DMV guys in, in, into the program, and you can definitely expect, you know, you know them to get some, some talented players in there over the next few years. Yeah, man, you you mentioned it, man. Look, if, if, if he's getting those two, obviously, Lamar Butler goes on that team at George Mason that went to the Final Four where Chris Caputo was an assistant coach on, so those two guys go way back uh, to, to, to 2006 if, you know, if they, they do, in fact, get that done and um, the other spot on the staff um, for him, so... That's going to do it for this week's episode of the Auto Bid, man. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, it's been a fun 2021-2022 season, man, and we're looking forward uh, to the next one, man. Thank you to everybody who's followed along with our coverage, man. It's been, you know, an extremely fun year, um, you know, from the podcast to covering all these teams locally in the area and 
getting over the conference tournament. Man. So thank you to everybody who's listening to this podcast, who has you know, spread the word of the auto bed to a friend, to any member, family member. Um, we greatly appreciate it, man. It does go a long way. We appreciate um, all the love and support that we are we are receiving here, man. If you haven't already, make sure you're following us on TikTok as well, man. We, we know we're on Twitter and Instagram at All Facts Media. Tap in with our TikTok. We got some fun content for you guys um, on there. Also, make sure you guys are obviously uh, subscribing to our YouTube channel at All Facts Media. We got some, we're ready to post some interviews on there. We're coming up soon. So if you missed all, make sure you subscribe in there. Also, of course, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Give us a like, give us a rating. Um, copy your merch, baby. Copy your merch. We got sweaters, we got hoodies. Uh, we're doing a little promo right now. So if you're listening to this podcast, if you stayed around to the end, you have a chance to win some, to, to, to get some gear, man. So go ahead and head over to our website, man, and get, get yourself some merch. Um, the link is in our bio. Um, so make sure you guys are tapping in with that as well, man. And as always, make sure you guys tune in to my guy, Pull Up Tay's music. This is going to be him on the outro. Until next time, folks. You beating on me? It's time to get a check, boy. You want the sideline? You ain't made the headlines. Now it's time to reject, boy. You beating on me? What's the topic of discussion? What we talking about? Take your best shot. I'm going to take the last shot. I'm drawing in the clutch, boy. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.